All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Sri Guru and Goranga. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale. Srimati Bhakti Vedanta Swami Niti Namane Namaste Sarasvati Devi Gauravani Pacharane Nirvasesa Sanyavadi Paskatyade Satarane Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Uttapadakamalam Shri Guru Vaishnavam Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raganatam Vitam Sam Sajivam Sadvoitam Sadvadutam Parijana Sahita Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lavita Shri Vishakam Vitam Shacham Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya June 29th, 2020. She has to do yours anyway. Okay. In Hillsborough, North Carolina, and we're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 10, Chapter 17, The History of Kaliya, and we're going to be reading both text 20 and 21. So, text 20. Tamratrim Tatra Rajendra Tamratrim Tatra Rajendra Shutribyam Shamakarshitaha Shutribyam Shamakarshitaha Ushirajau Kashogava Kalinja Upakulataha Come, that, Ratrim, night, Tatra, there, Raja Indra, O most exalted of kings, Shutribhyam, by hunger and thirst, Shrama, and by fatigue, Karshitaha, weakened, Ushuhu, they remained. Raja Okasaha, the people of Vrindavana, Gavaha, and the cows, Kalindyaha, of the Yamuna, Upakulataha, near the shore. This is sort of astonishing because we understand that conditioned souls are affected by hunger and thirst and fatigue and hard work. Uh, but as uh, Mars has been explaining, that these extreme emotions sweeten the pastimes with Krishna. These are Nara-lila. These are human-like leelas. And uh, I was just reading Vishnu Chakravati Thakur's description of Vrindavan, where he says that in Vrindavan, even in the spiritual world, the residents think, oh, we're ordinary humans. 
we're just humans. But their experience of these things are all transcendental ecstasies. Just like we have a god sister named Nidra Dasi. And Nidra means? Sleep. So why would Prabhupada name a disciple the servant of sleep? <laughs> but he explained to her, this is one of the ecstasies. Uh, this is one of the anubhavs. So we should understand this verse in that light. Translation. O best of kings, Parikshit, because the residents of Vrindavana were feeling very weak from hunger, thirst, and fatigue, they and the cows spent the night where they were, lying down near the bank of the Kalindi. Purport. Jiva Goswami points out that although the people were weak from hunger and thirst, they did not drink the milk from the cows present there because they feared it had been contaminated by the serpent's poison. Um, another point that Jiva Goswami makes, not mentioned in the BBT purport, is that they moved a little bit away from the Yamuna. They weren't right next to the Yamuna because the, what's going to happen in the next verse surrounds them, which wouldn't have been possible if they were right by the water. Uh, the rest of this purport is not from Jiva Goswami. The residents of Vrindavana were so overjoyed to get back their beloved Krishna that they did not want to get back to their homes. They wanted to stay with Krishna on the bank of the Yamuna so that they could continuously see him. Thus they decided to take rest near the riverbank. So we have a few pastimes where all the residents of Vrindavan are together with Krishna. Right? What's another one? Govardhan Lila, right? So, uh, here at least they have a, but we're seeing some distress here. They're all with Krishna because they're too hungry, tired, and thirsty to go home. And they decide they just want to stay with Krishna. One could, could certainly, um, what is a Prabhupada say, philosophical speculation, uh, that also they were worried about Krishna. You know, he had just been in Kaliya and he had just been threatened with death and they, they all wanted to see him and make sure that he was okay. Uh, other times when all the residents of Vrindavan are together, like Govardhan Lila, they're being threatened by a storm, and the other time is really heartbreaking when Krishna is going to Mathura. Everybody comes together. We don't have that many instances where everybody is, is coming together. I'm going to combine this with text 21. Tadasuchi Venodbuto Devagni Sarvato Rajam Suptam Nishtitam Avritya Pradagdum Upachakrame. During the night, while all the people of Rindavana were asleep, a great fire blazed up within the dry summer forest. The fire surrounded the inhabitants of Raja on all sides. So this is why Jiva Goswami says that they were a little distance from the Yamuna and began to scorch them, purport. She was Sanatana Goswami and she was Vishnu Chakravati Thakur, and it's not mentioned here, but also Jiva Goswami, have commented that perhaps a loyal friend of Kaliya had assumed the form of a forest fire to avenge his friend, or perhaps the forest fire was manifest by a demon who was a follower of Kamsas. So this fire is a demon. You know, there's like... <laughs> They finally take care of Kaliya and they're finally resting <laughs> and just okay, we're here with Krishna, we're finally getting some rest and then again they get beset by another demon. Right? I mean, we feel, is everything okay? Is everything okay? Checking your phone, is everything alright? 
Yeah. No, no new news about Bhakti Sri Swami or something? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're <laughs> you guys were looking at your phone back and forth, and I've been thinking a lot this morning, especially about Bhakti Sri Swami. So, in this world, it's like that. In this world, as soon as we think, you know, we're safe, it's okay, everything's taken care of, then immediately there's something else, isn't it? Yeah. Right? Immediately, especially when you're a manager then you've got the something else 20, 30, 40 times more than other people. But it's like, you know, you fixed your plumbing in your house and then your car breaks. Right? It's just, just like that. Right? You stock up, you get enough of this, and then you find out you've run out of that. And you go to repair this thing, and repairing this thing breaks something else. And as soon as we think everything's all right, right, there's some other... We never come to a position of peace. And we may think, well, you know... Spiritual life means just peace. But here we see that the residents of Vrindavan are also beset constantly with one anxiety after another after another. And so therefore, this philosophy is not so attractive to people in the world. They're like, why should I trade this anxiety for that anxiety? Uh, But without any kind of anxiety, life is boring. When I was at, in college in a creative writing class, I was writing uh, my first ever drama, and the professor said, this is boring. <laughs> you, you need to have some conflict. There needs to be some problem. So we have a choice as to what kind of conflict we want to have. What kind of fire do we want to have? So I thought here I'd, I'd contrast the fire of Sudarshan that appears in Vrindavan Lila and the part of the Govardhan Lila. So Sudarshan Chakra is there. Uh, when, when I started worshipping Sudarshan, uh, who was given to me by one of my godbrothers, and my godbrother said to me, well, you're worshipping Govardhan. How does Sudarshan fit in with Vrindavan Lila? How are you going to mix this mood of worshipping Govardhan Shila and worshipping a Sudarshan uh, Shalagnam? And I said, but Sudarshan is there in the Govardhan Lila. <laughs> And so as the water is pouring from Indra, Sudarshan is there burning up this water. He's destroying the difficulties in life. And there's a, a wonderful prayer in the sixth canto. Chakram yugantanala tigmanini bhavat sapatad bhagavat paritam dandagni dandagni arishanimashu That asking the Sudarshan to create a fire that will be whipped up by the wind Vatasaka, the vata, the wind, which is its friend, to destroy our ari. Uh, Krishna is sometimes called Murari, the killer of the demons, that will destroy our enemies. So an ordinary person may think that their enemies is this person or that person or this other country or that other country. But who's our real enemies? The senses and the mind. Can act as enemies. Krishna says the mind can be an enemy, or like lust, anger, envy, right? When Prahlad is speaking to his father, he says, you think I've conquered all my enemies in all directions, but your real enemy is within you. Your real enemy is your own lust, your own anger, your own greed. And this is in Manashiksha, where Raghunath Goswami says that the thieves, the highwaymen, who put the nooses around our neck and who are pulling us to do things that are against our best interests. 
is our own lust and our own anger and our own grief. So we want that fire. We want that fire of Sudarshana uh, to dry up the, the devastation, the floods of our own materialistic life. Like Prahlad Maharaj said to the Singadeva, my only prayer is that within my heart there not be any material desires. Now what happens when instead of taking shelter of the fire of Sudarshan, we instead actually take shelter of our lust, anger, envy, and greed, and illusion. Kamashrita, Krishna says of the demons, and ahankara ashrita, that we take, we take shelter of these things. Well, then we're beset by a different fire. We're beset by this fire that's uh, attacking the resonance by the bank of the Yamuna. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur in his Chaitanya Shikshamrita chapter 10, part, oh, sorry, chapter 6, part 6, he says, any type of conflict such as argument, disagreement with other sampradayas, malice to the devatas, and fighting are represented by this fire. So this particular fire is a demon in Vrindavan that represents fighting among devotees fighting between sampradayas, fighting between religious people. The other fire represents the adharma of Kali Yuga, the fire where the cows are surrounded by sharp canes and so forth that happened in the Ichikatavan forest. But this particular fire after the defeating of Kaliya represents fighting among the devotees. And this is a fire that happens when we don't allow the fire of the Sudarshan to destroy our lust, anger, and degree, and illusion, then we simply take those things and we cover them with a veil of religiosity. So we're still having the same envy, the same anger, the same lust, but we're saying, oh, it's very spiritual. And we find that many times, instead of using our anger to defeat a lack of God consciousness in the world, which is what it's for, anger has a purpose. Righteousness has a purpose. It's supposed to be used against people who are blaspheming the Lord, who are blaspheming the devotees. Um, This Wednesday, I'm giving a class where Maharaj Prithu it's addressing the citizens, the high-class citizens, and Prabhupada extensively in that purport, it's a very long purport, writes about how we should be defeating atheism in the world. There was a morning walk I listened to the other day where Srila Prabhupada was talking about an ideal society and saying in an ideal society, no one should be an atheist. Everyone has to follow a religion. And he said that we don't care what religion it is. They can follow Christianity, they can follow any religion, but they have to actually follow that religion. Uh, the only country I know where, it, where there's an attempt to do this is Indonesia, and because uh, obviously they're not pure, there's some difficulty with this policy. They, it's, it's not administered perfectly. We wouldn't put them up as a model, but at least they're making an attempt that they say, you know, everybody should be religious, although you can choose what religion you want to follow and then you have to follow that religion properly. So this would be a God-conscious society. And Srila Prabhupada says very clearly that, uh, he says, we do not belong to any faction. We do not decry any system of religion. We do not say that a Hindu is better than a Christian. 
we test how much he has developed his God consciousness. And one of my favorite is in Bhagavad Gita 12.6 in the purport where Prabhupada says, a devotee never takes the part of any particular party, therefore he is carefree. So our view as devotees to avoid being burned up in this fire of sectarianism is that we simply encourage everybody to know God and to love him. And we don't decry any particular system of religion. We don't say, we, we don't say that, no, everybody has to join, the, everyone has to be a Vaishnava, or everyone has to be a Gaudiya Vaishnava, or everybody has to be a, a Gaudiya Vaishnava in the line of Bhakti Siddhanta, or everybody has to be a Gaudiya Vaishnava in the line of Bhakti Siddhanta following Srila Prabhupada, or everybody has to be a Gaudiya Vaishnava in the line of Bhakti Siddhanta following Srila Prabhupada and following my particular guru in, in ISKCON, or my particular temple. And I, I've seen this happen in ISKCON. You know, only our temple is Krishna conscious, or only my guru is Krishna conscious. So we sometimes become beset by this fire. Uh, sometimes even people in leadership positions in ISKCON will go publicly saying, you know, oh, this other ISKCON leader is in Maya, this other ISKCON leader is deviant, and creating this, this fire even within our own society, or criticizing other branches of our same family tree. The, the tendency to have especially hot fires of sectarianism, if you look historically, sociologically, tends to be people who are very close in their philosophy and their practices. So some of the worst fighting is between different Protestant groups and a lot of the way this country was founded was by Protestant groups escaping the persecution of other Protestant groups. You know, the Quakers who founded Philadelphia because they believed in nonviolence. Therefore, they were being persecuted in Europe. Or the Amish who believed that you can't just be baptized as a child, you have to be baptized as an adult when you can make your own decisions. You have to be baptized a second time. That's what they call the Anabaptists. They were being tortured and killed. That, that's how our country was founded. It was mostly Protestant groups who were being persecuted by other Protestant groups. Then you have the Protestants who were being persecuted and tortured by the Catholics. If you, if you look at, at the history, I mean, there's, uh, when I was teaching sociology of religion, we used a, a lot of documentary films about uh, different religions, and, and one that was really striking was the controversy that was going on in South America between the Portuguese and the Spanish, and which led to the formation of Brazil and the speaking of Portuguese there, and how uh, some of them were kidnapping the local indigenous people and enslaving them, and some were against this. And it was all being done in the name of the church. You know, and in the name of the Catholic Church, the indigenous people were tortured, if we think of what went on in, in Mexico. You know, when the Spaniards came, and in, in the name of bringing people to Catholicism, They'd say, you know, convert to Catholicism and we'll kill you quickly. Don't convert and we'll kill you slowly by torture. That was the choice. In the, in the name of bringing people to truth. Right? And of course we had the Inquisition in, in Spain where if you, you know, with the, the Catholics against the Protestants, the Catholics against the Jews, 
you know, a lot of Jewish people converted to Catholicism under threat of torture. And we had, of course, then the fighting in, in the Muslims between the Shunnis and the Shiites. A lot of the violence, a lot of Muslim-Muslim violence in the world is between the Shunnis and the Shiite Muslims within the same group. Right? And we have within the followers of the Vedas, there's fights between the Shaivites and the Vaishnavas. Sometimes it comes to violence. And then, of course, we have fights between one religion and another, between the Christians and the Muslims, or the Jews and the Muslims. So, this kind of thing doesn't make religion look very good to the world. It really doesn't, you know, if we're going to say to people, uh, take up God consciousness, take up Krishna consciousness, worship the Lord, and we can create an ideal society. It's, it's all over our, our books that we want to create an ideal society. And if they say, well, look at your society, you can't even get along with your own brothers and sisters. You can't even get along with your own cousins. You know? You're arguing about minutia of doctrine and minutia of practice. You know, and ready to just basically send people to hell over slight differences in, in uh, philosophy and slight differences in practice. Now, we might ask, well, isn't there an, an absolute truth? I mean, we use this word absolute truth. Isn't there an absolute truth? Yes, but the absolute truth is a person. Brahmeti Bhagavan, Paramatmeti Bhagavaniti subject. The absolute truth is a person. And that person, by being a person, the absolute truth is viewed through many different angles of vision. Even we have the residents of Vrindavan here. We were talking about how they're all seeing Krishna at once. So why is it so rare in the Vrindavan Leela that all the residents of Vrindavan are with Krishna at the same time? Why is that so unusual? It's in hardly any of the Leelas where Krishna's with everybody at the same time. Exactly. Krishna is reciprocating according to moods. And the, the moods have some area of compatibility and some area of incompatibility. You know, how much do you want to be around your girlfriend when your mother's around? You know, it's, it's restrictive. Well, even Krishna, like, in the morning he doesn't usually eat with his father being there, but in the evening his father's there, and then the cowherd boys are, are more... Um, quiet. You know, even Mother Yasoda notices it. She says, you boys are being quieter. I guess that's because your father's here. You know, when, and then when they're out in the forest, when the coward boys are out in the forest, they really let loose when there's no adults around. You know, all kids want to get away from the adults, right? And what do they do out in the forest? The coward boys are taking the... the Vegetables out of the insides of Krishna's samosa and they're putting jasmine flowers in it. You know, they're saying, oh look, there's a monkey! And Krishna looks at the monkey and then they switch off the vegetables with the jasmines. You know, they couldn't do, do that kind of thing very much if Yasoda's around. I mean, even in the morning when Yasoda's there, Madhu Mangal says, oh, can you get me some sweet rice? And when she's out of the room, 
then he puts all of the vegetables from his plate to the other boys' plates, and he says, now see, I finished everything. Can I have my dessert? You know, it's a different mood. And even within the same group, different cowherd boys have different moods. Some of them are, you know, like to insult Krishna, and some of them are very polite. Right? Different gopis have different moods. In order for Krishna to have all the gopis dance together, he had to leave the Rasalila, then he had to leave Radharani, so that there was altogether sympathy among everyone. At Nandavrindavan Champu, it describes when Krishna is having holy with one group of gopis, another group of gopis leaves, and then he has holy pastimes with them. So, you know, that was an astrologer who said Prabhupada could build a house in which the whole world could live, but in most houses there's more than one room. You know, maybe people come together for dinner, but then they, they go to their separate quarters. So because God is a person, because we understand that God is a person, therefore we can understand that different people are going to relate to him differently. And even our acharyas explain when Krishna married 16,100 wives simultaneously, he had 16,100 weddings at once. Please don't try that at home. So there was a slightly different form of Krishna with each queen. Because she had a different relationship. Krishna eats with all the cowherd boys at once. And each of them are seeing him somewhat differently. And we find from Brihad Bhagavatamrita, which one of the most astonishing things to me, when Gopakumar goes to Vaikuntha and the residents of Vaikuntha are arguing that Vishnu is supreme. They're saying Krishna is just, you know, it's an incarnation the Lord has to kill demons, but ultimately Vishnu is supreme. And that's how they want to see the Lord. Now some of them don't even know about Vrindavan, but even Bhishma who knows about the gopis, he wants their blessings to worship the Lord as Narayan. He asked the gopis, you know, please give me I have the dust from the feet of the gopis so I can see Krishna fighting me on the battlefield coming at me wounded by my arrows you know that's that's what Bhishma wants and Prabhupada commenting on this says we each have our own taste and so some of the fighting between religious groups has to do with the fact that people are kanista which is also called prakrita bhaktas. They're, the term prakrita bhaktas is there, uh, Bhaktivinod explains, because devotees are supposed to, asasat they're supposed to give up materialistic association. And so how will the beginning devotees get the association of the sadhus? So by calling them prakrita bhaktas, materialistic devotees, therefore the advanced devotees will associate with them. But the Prakriti Bhaktas, or the Kanista, the unsteady devotees, they think God is only in a place of worship. They don't see God in the world. They, they don't see God in all living entities. And often they see God only in their place of worship. So it can mean, you know, religion is there when I'm in the temple, when I'm in the church, when I'm in the mosque, but when I go home or when I go to work, there's no God. It's, it's a separate thing. What I do for entertainment, what I do for work, what I do with my family has nothing to do with God. But it can also mean I think God is only in my Shiite mosque 
or I think God is only in my Jehovah's Witness hall, or I think God is only in my, you know, Iskon temple. It is not other places. So a lot of the sectarian fighting, we could say probably the vast majority of it, comes from this Kanista mentality, where we haven't gotten rid of these inartas because in the beginning of taking up Krishna consciousness, there's very little removal of inartas. If we look at Madhurya Kadambani, until you get to Bhajana Kriya, you know, there's a little bit at Sadhusanga, but not much. And just at Adhushtrata, there's practically none. And it's not till you really get into Bhajana Kriya till you really absorb yourself in a pure process that you're going to get rid of your inartas. So people are going on as religionists, but if they're holding on to their inartas, if they're taking shelter of their inartas, then in the name of religion they create this fire. They, they call this, de- this fire demon, one could say. And do the same thing that materialistic people are doing. Whether it's the fighting, you know, between America and Russia, or South Korea and North Korea, or this or that, or the Israelis and the Palestinians, and then it just becomes, well, instead of it being America and Russia, it's going to be between the Sunnis and the Shiites. You just put another name on it, you just put a religious name on it. And it's not any different between fighting between blacks and whites, or Hutus and Tutus, or it, 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 it's, not, it's really the same thing. I am the best, and therefore my group is the best. Because I'm a superior person. Right, we're all superior people, right? Or they say everyone thinks they're above average. So because I'm a superior person, my group, whatever it is, you know, the white people, or the Brazilian people, or the Anabaptist people, or whatever, it just becomes, this problem says, extended selfishness. So this demon fire, that, that's what it is. And we really need to come beyond that. And when we come beyond that, there is a different kind of competition. It's not that it goes away in personalism. The reflected banyan tree, everything that exists here, exists there. But that competition is sweet. The competition that goes on in Vaikuntha, where Gopal Kumar is having a debate with the Vaikuntha Vasis. That's not a demon fire. Where they're debating, can you call the Lord Gopal or not? Is that okay? Like Prabhupada said, the debate between Bhakti Siddhanta and his brother, uh, Lalit Kumar, right? Yeah, Lalit Prasad. Lalit Prasad, yes, thank you, Lalit Prasad. What was their debate about? Their debate about was about the process of Raganuga Sadhana, whether we should follow the inner path or the outer path. That was what their debate was about. And Prabhupada said, don't get involved. This is a spiritual thing, stay out of it. And we're warned by our acharyas, don't get involved between this kind of fighting between the Vaishnavas. Don't take sides between Rukmini and Satyabhama. You know, it, it's that's not or Adoitacharya and Nichananda having their prasadam food fight. Don't, don't go there. Don't, don't say, well, this Vaishnava is right and that Vaishnava is wrong. Because that's happening on another level. That's happening on a level of love. Where envy and lust and greed have already been destroyed in the heart 
they're, they're finished. Those real enemies are finished. It's all based on love. And it's pleasing to Krishna. Krishna likes the competition of the devotees to please him in different ways. He enjoys that. That gives him pleasure. And this other thing doesn't give him pleasure. It's not this fighting between um, the Prakriti Bhaktas on the level of I'm superior to you. Now it's a fact that because even on a, uh, the ordinary material level, because there are differences in philosophy and there are differences in practice, we're going to prefer to worship according to our line. I'm not really going to enjoy worshiping in a Catholic church. I can appreciate it. You know, I can, I can respect it. I can respect the devotees there. Actually, Raghunath Das Goswami says we should have unprecedented love for the devotees of God in, in any different place. But I'm going to feel most comfortable with people who are worshiping according to my own guru. And therefore, there's no... It's not a conflict between having absolute loyalty to Srila Prabhupada and having the utmost respect and love for genuine spiritual practitioners, whether they're cousins in our own family or whether they're in another Vaishnav Sampradaya or whether they're Christians or Muslims or Jews or whatever, even those who love Buddha. It's not a conflict. We don't have to give up loyalty to Srila Prabhupada. We don't have to water down our own practices. We don't have to change our own philosophy in order to have love and respect for others. And generally, we're each going to worship in our own places. But every once in a while, maybe we can come together. There was one uh, ISKCON leader who did that at one Rathiyatra, where he brought together people from all different religions and all different groups to glorify Jagannath. Unfortunately, there were some other leaders who said, no, this is a compromise. We should only have, you know, only ISKCON people at Rathiyatra. But there should be sometimes, it's not often, we don't see often in Krishna Lila that everybody's together at the same time. But sometimes when we can join together and each glorify God in our own way. And there, there's a, a very wonderful thing that really inspired me. I read some time ago, it was an atheist doctor, I think he was a neurologist, who... Um, who died in the hospital. He had a, a near-death experience. And he, he said the thing that he remembered most about his near-death experience was being in a celestial realm where there were thousands and thousands and thousands of voices singing the glories of God. And he said he could make out each individual voice that was singing in their own way, and yet they were all in harmony. So that is the spiritual world. Where Krishna has a unique relationship with each jiva, but they're not in conflict with one another. And if we're not very careful with this, then we're attacked by this, this demon of sectarianism. And then instead of preaching spirituality, we just end up preaching some sort of sectarian religion. And we, we never come to the level of the Majjhima vote. So thank you very much for your comments. Chastisements by our local GBC man. <laughs> I, I, I agree with everything you say, but I just want to bring out some controversial thing that Prabhupada said. Oh, no. Prabhupada said, I mean, it's, see how you explain this. Prabhupada said, you know, when we take over the government, we'll say, chant Hare Krishna, if they don't chant Hare Krishna. Yeah, well, obviously with that, Prabhupada was joking. 
<laughs> and the way we the way we know that Prabhupada was joking was there's a conversation where Prabhupada was specifically asked. Yeah. He was specifically asked, you know, if devotees were running the government, would everybody have to be a Hare Krishna devotee? And Prabhupada said, No. He said, but they need to be following their own religion, and it's the duty of the government to see that if someone says I'm a Muslim, they're actually Muslim. If they say they're a Christian, they're actually a Christian. And he did say that, that we wouldn't allow the propagation of atheism. You know, obviously an individual can be an atheist, but not to propagate atheism. So he was very, he was, when, when he was asked directly, and, and Srila Prabhupada would often say that we're not trying to convert Christians into Hindus. And often. Uh, whenever, he was, whenever Prabhupada was asked this directly, I mean, there's one time an Indian was asking Srila Prabhupada, you know, well, we're... We are criticizing the Christians that are converting the Hindus, but aren't you doing the same thing? Prabhupada said, no. He said, if you can become God-conscious through worshiping Jesus, then that's wonderful. He said, the problem is you're not. Now, of course, we're, if somebody says, well, and Prabhupada would say this too, I'm seeing that worshiping Krishna and Vrindavan under Yushua Prabhupada is what I was really looking for. And, and I want to do that, and I don't want to follow the religion of my birth or whatever. You know, I, then we, we welcome that. That doesn't mean you have to give up the religion of your birth either. I know devotees who have pictures of Jesus in their house or whatever. But we, we welcome, if you want to take up uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's banner, if you want to follow Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda and Srila Prabhupada, we certainly welcome you. But we're asking you to bring a consciousness. Just this morning I was hearing Prabhupada saying, everybody can find God in the taste of water. Everyone can find God in the light of the sun. Everyone can find God in the ability of a very powerful person. What is the difficulty? In the sound of the airplane. So this is what we're trying to bring to the world. Yeah. This is, this is even more controversial. Let's say you are open like this, and you, you know... Open to other Gaudiya Vaishnava groups, but these other Gaudiya Vaishnava groups are actually trying to take your members away and not seeing the equality. Don't, don't you have to react in some way? Well, there, there's, there's etiquette. Yeah. There's etiquette. So we're not trying to convert people, but if someone's trying to convert us, then we, we say, I'm sorry, don't come in the gate. Yeah, so it's proper. It's just etiquette. It's just like I remember, you know, one time my mother was visiting us, and uh, my husband said to her, you know, if you want to take my wife away from Krishna consciousness and her husband and her son, then you're not going to be welcome to visit. And she said, well, no one wants her to leave her son. And he said, if that's your attitude, you're not welcome. You know, you, you, you can't go into someone else's house with the idea of splitting up the family. I mean, that's... That's not even etiquette in the world. I, I can't come in your house and try to turn your children against you and turn the husband and wife against each other. So if somebody's coming to ISKCON trying to turn us against you and Prabhupada, whatever they are, whether they're Shuni Muslims or whether they're Sri Vaishnavas or whether they're other Gaudiyas, that's not acceptable. If you come to Prabhupada's house, you respect our relationship with Srila Prabhupada. And conversely, we go to your house, we should respect your relationship. You know, that's... Frankly, otherwise, then it's back to the Prakrita Bhakta thing. 
everybody has to be part of my group. So that's... That's not even common decency. I know. So there, at that point, we can have some discussion. At that point, you say, you know, sorry, until you have common decency, you know, then stay outside the door. Shilaprabhupada ki. Shilaprabhupada.